podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. And I'm his wife, Natalie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling a little not myself because we have a new podcast set up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a new a new table. Yeah. A new table and chairs. Uh, and, and chairs, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's new and different. Yeah. So I guess technically we're closer. We keep getting close. This is the third table we've used since we started the podcast. Yeah. And we keep getting closer. I think it's a metaphor for how what the uh, podcast is doing to our marriage, right? It's yeah. bringing us closer together. Yeah, I think so. Not that we were having problems before, right? No, we, we were. We never, ever fight. Yeah, it's true. We've never been in a fight. Not once. <laughs> I didn't know... Recently, we started an episode where I acknowledged we had been fighting, like, <laughs> up until the moment we hit record. Yeah, everyone fights. We fight yeah. a lot. Because um, uh, we care, I think. Yeah. Uh, so this is a... Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, we're recording on a Saturday night. Because we're, like, cool old people. Yeah, this is what we do. This is what we do with our Saturday night. Yeah, this is the highlight of our day. Um, and you've been podcasting all day. Yeah, I did. My other podcast is called Battleship Pretension. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Battleship Pretension. So today we did a bunch of stuff, including the upcoming episode, uh, the episode that'll be up shortly after this one will, in which Tyler and I uh, uh, ate the <laughs> Minions pancakes from IHOP. They were awful. Yeah. Well, pancakes <laughs> sound really good. Not not covered in like banana. This pudding. is bananas. There's like three different ways of banana, yeah. and I'm neither Tyler or I are banana people. So yeah, why'd you do that? Just for for fun. the podcast yeah. for the okay. patrons. Well, you are committed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've been podcasting all day, but this is the this is don't tell Tyler, but this is the best podcast of the day. <laughs> this is the one I look <laughs> I'm gonna, forward to. I'm gonna tell most. him right now. I'm oh, gonna no. text him. Um. Yeah, this is a podcast where we talk about the show's friends and and how I met your mother. Um. We do one episode a week of each. This week, we are on season three, episode 13, right? Mm-hmm. Of each show. Mm-hmm. Season three, episode 13 of Friends is called the one where Monica and Richard are friends. Season three, 13, episode 13 of How I Met Your Mother is called 10 Sessions. But we're going to put a pin in 10 Sessions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for, for now, kind of like the putting in, like Ted put a needle in, someone put a needle in Ted's back to yeah. give him the tattoo. Yep. We're going to put a pin in the episode. Yes. Right, needles and pins—that works. Yeah, uh, I think a I think a pin also is the removal mechanism. Oh, I thought that like, okay, I don't know because I've never had a tattoo removed. Neither, Neither of you, I, right? No, my sister. Your did. sister has. Yeah. yeah, that's right. She said it was very painful. So yeah, this was true to life. Ted described it as being like blasted with something. So I, I assumed it was like a a laser. I don't know. I don't know what I thought. Yeah, I think it is a laser. Okay. Uh, all right. But, I, I've heard it being compared to um, like if you take a rubber band, like and give yourself a rubber. What is that called? Like a snap. Yeah, yeah. I, I can. But like I can picture an intense. It. Yeah. Yeah. Rubber I'm, band snap. I um, don't have any tattoos yet. Yeah. yeah. I mean. I'm 39. Midlife crisis is right around the corner. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get You're some You're about tattoos. to be 40. Yeah. Yeah. I've been waiting. I can't wait to be 40 because do you know the, obviously you don't because you're not a sports person or a college football person at all, but the very famous Mike Gundy press conference meltdown where he yells the phrase, I'm a man, I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like, yeah. I want to spend a year just like playing that yeah. all the time and, and I'm almost there. That. I've yeah. been waiting for a long time. I also want to be a couple where we, uh, 
our ages are in the same decade. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right now I'm a, I'm, a whole, I'm a decade younger than you are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not in the same decade. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, but let's uh, set aside 10 sessions and let's start talking about season three, episode 13 of Friends, the one where Monica and Richard are friends. We get a non-perk opening, a new mm-hmm. set opening, a video store. Yeah. Um, Which we can both relate to. We both worked in We both in worked video in multiple stores. video stores yeah. in our youths. Yeah. Yeah. My, I mean, yeah, my, um, the video store I worked at in, in Chicago uh, is... It was as much home to me as my apartment that I lived in, in Chicago. It, it was yeah, where same. I spent, yeah, three years of same my life. Um, it's where, like, even though I was in college in Chicago, most of my friends, most of the people I socialized with were not from, not classmates. They were the people I worked at the video store with. We were, Yeah. it was like being, like, I've, ta- I've talked before about how, like, I don't live that sitcom life where I'm, like, see the same friends all the time. Yeah. But that's what. It was when Mine you worked too. at the video store. Like yeah. you see the same people yeah. every day and, and it's an ongoing thing. And All my friends worked there or most of my friends worked there. I was part of, it was a family owned um, independent video store in Simi Valley. Um, shout out to Alamo Video, RIP. But it was a family owned business and I was definitely felt like part of the family. Yeah. Like I would go to their homes and Ugh. I would hang out with them. And, you know, it was a great experience. And then when I moved to San Francisco... All I had to do was like name drop the owner of Alamo Video, and this other independent video store was like, "Oh, you know, blah blah blah." Yeah. Okay. Like that's great. Yeah. Um. So we're at a video store. Okay. So we both worked at video stores. the The premise of the scene seems so strange to me that Monica had to pay a late fee because she got the thing back the next day, but there was a eight p.m. cutoff. Do you remember video stores having a it was like, this is due the next day. Next day meant before close the next day, right? It didn't. Yeah. I don't remember there being a cutoff. There was a cutoff at times. And if it if it wasn't in the basket before the end of the day, I think that we tried that for like hot releases. Like, because I, I guess, I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's just, I don't remember that. And it seems like it'd be so hard to enforce. Yeah. Well, I think if you, when we checked the movies in in the morning... And it wasn't there. Right. That Yeah, that's the next day. But I'm saying oh, during yeah, the I'm hours to, that you're open. That sounds right. I just don't. You're right. I don't know how we enforced it. So you're, you're saying you did have a cut like it had to be not back the next day. It had to be back at a certain time. No, maybe not. That seems it just seems yeah. so hard to enforce. I don't remember that being the case. Yeah. Uh, so she's so she's like got a late fee because she kept it. Two minutes past the cutoff time. Six dollars is a lot for one day late. Even if they are going to count it a day, six. Yeah, is well, a it lot. sounds like it was a three dollar rental, and they just doubled the rental. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, just this is crazy. But this is the barrel that video stores had people over because right. we didn't have any. They didn't have any other way to see movies. Yeah. We were the fucking gatekeepers. Yeah. To the movies. Yeah. Um, including movies. Uh, I, I, I'm. No good at watching scenes that take place in video stores because oh, I'm yeah. just trying to I like was very distracted, like catch up because there's there were the posters for like the Nutty Professor and yeah. a Time to Kill. I saw um, Hudsucker Proxy, Hudsucker Proxy, which you and I just I uh, saw also just a movie called One to One. Was that an actual movie? It was the number one. No, O N E. Oh no, I don't know that. I'm one sure it's a movie. To one. 
And it looked like it was maybe Kirk Cameron on the poster. But then initially I was like, is this one of the like fake movies like in Seinfeld? I wish. I don't think. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't see um, Friends okay. as having that It is a of... movie in 1977. Yep, this is it. This was it. Uh, it's not Kirk Cameron. It's Robbie Benson. Huh. Whoever that is. But this was the poster on the uh, in the window. A one-on-one. Oh, did I say one-to-one? Yeah. Okay, one-on-one. One-on-one, 1977. Annette O'Toole. Annette O'Toole. Okay. Isn't it? Um, but I had never seen it yeah, or heard about know. it. Robbie, Robbie Benson is the voice of the Beast in 1991's uh, oh. Beast. And it appears that he... Hold on, hold on. You might have, like, just stumbled onto something Oh, no. Here. Melanie Griffith is in it? But... Um, hold on. Oh, no. <laughs> because I just saw something really potentially very interesting... <gasps> Oh, okay. What'd you find? I don't know. Robbie Benson quit acting uh, to become a film professor teaching at UCLA. And then focus on his writing. All right, should we continue? Yeah, but now you've got me really... Well, um... you could save that for later because we're podcasting. Aha! Aha! Robbie Benson didn't just become a film professor. He became a film director and directed six episodes of Friends. <laughs> so it's clearly there as like a oh. nod to him. He did this episode. He directed this episode. The one where Monica wow. and Richard are just friends. I said friends, just That's friends. why that was in the... Because it seems weird that a 20-plus-year-old movie would yeah. be in the window. I'm, I hope the listeners are okay with the, like... Silence there, because I think it was worth it. It was making me very uncomfortable, but I'm glad we figured it out, because it was worth it. But you know what? You and I are both big fans of The Best Show with Tom Sharpling. Yeah. There are often, like, there'll be, like, 15 seconds of silence and on that show. I think that there's something wrong with it. I always have to check the <laughs> pod, like, to make sure it didn't, because sometimes it'll just pause out of nowhere. Yeah. So anyway, oh, man, we're going so slowly through this recap, yeah. but it was worth it, I think. It I think it was worth it. Robbie Benson directed the episode. He started in one-on-one It's with an Edo tool. It's great. We love it. Um, so she needs three extra dollars. She only brought three dollars to pay for the, the, the movie. Uh, surprise, guess who's there standing behind her in the video store? It's Richard. Yeah. Um, and he offers to pay the, 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 the three dollars and then he Richard fucking Burke, uh, <laughs> asks her out. Um, and we don't really get the, like, I feel like the scene ends and we don't know whether or not they're going to go out for burgers or not. Yeah. But we'll later find out that they did, but mm-hmm. that's not till, uh, later. The, the next morning we cut to, um, they're all Monica breakfast. and Rachel's, they're all around, yeah. Uh, Chandler's making chocolate milk. He offers Ross some, and Ross says, oh, no thanks, I'm 29 years old. And I'm normally, you know, I criticize Ross. He's so right here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't need to drink chocolate milk. milk. No, chocolate milk. Yeah, don't milk. Yeah, drinking milk is a little bit... When was the last time I drank milk? As a kid, I guess. I don't think I've done it since I was a kid. Um, You drink milk when you have cereal. I have milk with cereal. I'm not drinking a glass of milk. I still can't believe you drink dairy milk. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought we were over that as no we're not uh, 
but uh you know you know my hang up about i'm always self-conscious about having anything kind of like sweet of in front of other people because i feel like it makes me look like a little kid infantilizes you yeah yeah so if you're gonna drink chocolate milk which you shouldn't but do it in the privacy of your own home behind closed doors oh my god you <laughs> i know i'm a mess <laughs> i'm a uh as mike schmidt said about jimmy pardo and never not funny i am a haunted house yeah uh, <laughs> So uh, Phoebe shows up. She's got rollerblades. Um, there's a, a cute. She met a new guy, and uh, who's very athletic. And she said, uh, "It was a funny joke." She's like, um, "Unless this is in your funniest moments." No. But she said, uh, "We made a deal. I'm gonna like. He's gonna teach me how to do all this different jock stuff." And then someone, Ross or, or Chandler, asks, uh, "And what are you gonna do for him?" And she says, "I'm gonna let him." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cute Robert. Robert's real sporto. Yeah, Robert is a real sporto, uh, but we haven't gotten to him yet. Monica shows up. She like slept in. She must have been. It must have been a, a late burger night because she slept in um, after going out for burgers with uh, with Richard. And she's announcing she's decided to be friends with Richard. She's going to hang out with him more. No one thinks it's a good idea. No, because um, she had such a hard time getting over him. Yeah, she's yeah. still in that struggle. Yeah. Um. So then uh, it's. Sometime later, uh, Joey's watching TV in his apartment alone. Rachel uh, just comes in because she needs ice. There's another funny bit in there. I hope it's not in your funniest moments because I'm going to say it. Otherwise, um, she says, do you have any ice? And he said, he says, check the ice tray. If there's none there, we're probably out. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Yeah. Um, But I also like, I mean, you have talked on the show before about, I think just recently you talked about like wishing we had like, neighbors we were friends with yeah and like i feel like there's more cons than pros to that but one of the pros would be like oh shit i don't I have ice or, i need ice or yeah. i need milk you know yeah. or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> butter yeah right sugar uh, sugar's the thing sugar's the thing yeah. that people always borrow yeah gonna get a cup of sugar or whatever um so yeah that seemed that seemed nice um but the the getting rachel into joey's apartment is you know i'm always on the the lookout for when these shows get too sitcom Yeah. And this, like, it's funny the thing that, like, Rachel finds a copy of The Shining in the freezer and, like, Joey was reading The Shining and got, got so scared. scared. Like, that's all funny. But as soon as, as soon as Joey is like, what, there's not a book that you love so much you've read over and over? I was like, okay, I know what the plot line is going to be. She's going to name a book. They're going to agree to read each other's favorite books. That's, it's so telegraphed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I feel like it leads to some good stuff, but I also just feel like the setup is, at this point, Friends is better than this. Should be. I better from, for is. how obvious and creaky and sitcom-y the setup is. I don't think it is. I, I think the whole thing is very sitcom-y. And I don't know, maybe I'm not giving it enough credit. I, I mean, I feel like we're at the at the point where... Most of the comedy on Friends is coming from these characters that we know. Not, I know what sitcom is called, it's a situation comedy. Right. Um, and that comes from a sort of melodramatic understanding of like the stuff that happens to the characters drives the action and drives the jokes. But I think that Friends uh, has gotten to a point where most of the stuff is coming organically generating organically from the characters and who we know them to be right. and okay. this, this felt like, like this felt like a season one okay. type of like okay. 
That's fair. Um, I mean, it's a, it's ultimately it's a minor complaint because it did lead, it does lead to some good stuff, some uh, especially from from Matt LeBlanc. Matt yeah. LeBlanc, great in this episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so maybe I'm being being too hard. But Rachel's book is Little Women. They decide to uh, switch and, and and read each other's uh, books. Finally, we finally get to the perk. Finally, get to the goddamn perk. I'm waiting the whole episode to get to the goddamn perk. Um, and uh, this is where we meet Robert, played by Marcus Flanagan, who's been in like everything. Oh. But he, um, I think, from what I was looking at most recently for us, it, you might remember because we watched um, uh, all of Better Things. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you remember there was a brief period? Sam's friend Sonny, you know, mm-hmm. she she was married to Jeff. They got divorced, and then I guess spoilers for the final season of Better Things you haven't caught up. They get remarried. Yeah. But during the time they're divorced, she's dating like a Sonny is briefly dating like a super rich guy. Oh, that's him. And that's him. Okay. I don't remember the episode like he invites Sam and like all or or, or Sonny and all of her friends up to his like Santa Barbara like villa or whatever okay. and Sam shows up and realizes that Mark Mark is the guy's name has also invited a single guy clearly trying to set right him up and yeah. Sam just like turns around and leaves and goes to a hotel no. yeah yeah so that's i don't know that's the most recent thing i think you would uh, okay. remember him from um but uh what the characters on friends know him from is his uh dangling ball sack <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He wears like basketball shorts or like loose shorts, and he likes to do the cool guy thing of putting his foot up on the table. He yeah. very much reminded me of uh, who was the Dan what's his name when he was on Seinfeld. Yeah, when when and George Seinfeld. like had a but remember George like had like a crush on like yeah. the dude who was like I said back off, bro. You said back off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He reminded me of that guy. Yeah, uh, but I can't Dan something. I can't remember the actor's name. Um, uh, so yeah, he uh, Chandler and Ross are the first to notice that that you can fully see. So does that mean he's going commando, which we've or wearing baggy boxers, or does he just have like big old balls? I think it's a, probably all of okay. commando, or I think just boxers could be enough. Okay, we had I remember this happened in my uh, high school theater. Um, we did a production of Brigadoon, and one character. Brigadoon is, you know, Scottish. A lot of characters are in kilts. And this dude, Jeremy, was, like, playing a Scotsman. That's the part where he's supposed to, like, relax on this, like, on the rocks. And he was wearing boxers, but he, like, relaxed with his kilt on. We were all like, oh, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I, yeah. Maybe this is, like, inappropriate. But, like, I remember seeing, like, my best friend's neighbor. We were all, like, sitting outside, like, uh-huh. For like a barbecue or something, and that was the first time I've ever seen like a man's balls, and it was like I was so like, <gasps> what? Like I didn't understand. <laughs> I don't remember. Like I must have been, I don't know. Like especially if you're getting nine. a glimpse out of context, that must be so confusing. It like, was what jarring. are they? It They're, was jarring. Yeah. It was like weird. I I just wasn't expecting to see it. I told my friend Lisa. She looked as well, and we like ran away like screaming. <laughs> Just like shrieking, like couldn't stop laughing. And then whenever we saw this neighbor, like we couldn't not laugh in his face. Um, Do you know the thing about Philip Seymour Hoffman's balls in Twister? I don't know. It's not in the final. So I guess they like had the movie 
someone I'm not going to look this up. So if I get if I have the details wrong, feel free to correct me. The one where I met your mother at gmail.com. But it's like they had the movie together and there's a part when they're all just hanging out, hanging around and like Philip Seymour Hoffman's in his like baggy shorts and sitting on a long chair and he like crosses his legs and there's mm-hmm. apparently a brief moment where you could just see his full on okay. ball sack, okay. but it never made it like it never made it. It got it got caught and cut out before it went to theaters, but I guess there were like some work screeners or okay. whatever work prints, and someone cut it. And I think there are you can find Philip Seymour Hoffman's balls oh if you want. I don't know how you walk around with those things. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, there's a lot of business about Robert's balls. Uh, meanwhile, Monica and Rachel are cooking together. And Monica and Rachel, Monica and Richard, I wrote Rachel here, but Monica and Richard are cooking together because Monica's like teaching him how to make a lasagna for a Pot thing, luck. potluck. Yeah. And uh, of course, it's very sensual. They got their hands in the dough together. And, and the tomatoes. Uh, they're and squishing the tomatoes. That's right. They're squishing the tomatoes. It's very sensual, very, very sexy. Um, yeah. So that goes where I guess you think it's going to go, right? Yeah. Uh, the next day at the perk, this is where Ross finds out about Robert's balls. Um, <laughs> because Ross is sitting there reading a Studs Terkel book on race. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, this where we're supposed to see like Ross being like woke? Maybe, yeah. But I also wonder, like, I'll bet... Uh, Stud, I'll bet I, I don't know. Studs Terkel died a long time ago. And he was like awesome like um uh radio broadcaster and journalist and interviewer yeah. and stuff great guy An interesting guy but I, i'll bet a book on race by studs turkle in the 90s probably seemed progressive and yeah. probably hasn't aged that well now right you know right and i don't mean that as any like things just don't age well sometimes right. i don't mean that as like a critique of studs turkle who is some someone i've uh uh always thought highly of uh, may he rest in peace. Anyway, so but it's it's just like this, that's clearly a choice to have. Of course, like, yeah, because it showed it over reading. and over again. Like, yeah, this is what he's reading right now, and the cover is not at all subtle. Yes, you know. Yes. Um, and uh, so they're all laughing, making little jokes about Robert's uh, uh, balls, uh, showing brain, hanging brains. Yeah, he said he says showing brain. Okay, I've heard hanging brain, but hanging he says brain. showing brain. Okay. Um, which is like so gross and accurate yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um so uh um i got ahead of myself because despite the sensualness in the flirtation monica and richard didn't sleep together during the baking thing it's only later she's talking on the phone she says she's feeling good about this platonomy thing and Mm -hmm. he says that's not a word blah 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 and then we find we find out he's standing in the hallway Mm-hmm. And that this is when they sleep together. Yep. But um, she said, like, she was turning him down. She said no, it wasn't until he, like, pursued her by showing up at her door. Right? He shouldn't have showed up, yeah. right? Okay. Okay. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I kind of had that feeling. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, so then they're post-coitus. They're uh, negotiating how to be friends with benefits. It mm-hmm. felt very Jerry and Elaine mm-hmm. season two, mm-hmm. I think, yep. Of, yep. of Seinfeld when that when that happens. Yep. Um, by this point, the dudes have let Phoebe in on the fact that Robert is constantly hanging brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she buys him some stretchy pants, and he there's a funny thing about he, how he feels like he'd be on display because they're too tight. Yeah. Um, uh, then Joey shows up, and... 
accidentally spoils the end of The Shining for Rachel, and yeah. she intentionally spoils things about Little Women for for him. Uh, and then Rachel sees okay, Rachel sees Robert's balls, um, because they think they've successfully gotten out of the situation. They like wouldn't let him sit down, and she tried to give him the pants, and they leave. And he's like, oh, forgot something. He comes back in, and then he bends over, and Rachel sees his balls like from, from behind. behind. That's why. I'm so I feel like he must just have a really like low hanging ball sack. Low hanging ball sack. Yeah. He should know better, I guess. I mean, he should, he should know. Like, I feel like if my balls were constantly exposed to the air, I well, would know. Well, he doesn't know because no one's told him before. So but that's I'm saying why I would know. I feel like well, oh, you would feel, feel it, it if, the, if yeah. the... Yeah. Um, uh, then Monica comes home from work. She's had a bad day at work. Uh, one of her fake breasts caught on fire. Um, but it turns out Richard's there to greet her with a rose in his teeth. And he's sitting very kind of like cutely on the, on the bed holding two glasses I thought it was funny that Rachel was like, oh, it might get better. I think it might. She yeah. knew like he had this whole Yeah, that's, that's cute. That's cute. Um, so obviously things are getting more and more less friends and more benefits with mm-hmm. them. Uh Back at the perk, no one wants to. Uh, no one wants to tell Robert. Uh, and again, because we're always compa- comparing to Seinfeld, it reminded me of like when no one wanted to tell George's girlfriend that she had a huge nose, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Kramer just like spits it out. Yeah. And I was uh, for a second, I was thinking, well, they just need a Kramer with who has no tact. He says like. You're a pretty girl. You just need a nose job or something She's, like that. Well, she says there are so many beautiful women in New York. And he says... You're beautiful, too. He says, you're as pretty as any of them. You just need a nose job. Yeah. And, but it's a great reaction from uh, Jerry in that scene because they're all eating pizza. And Jerry's like mid-bite of pizza. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but it turns out they do have a Kramer. His name's Gunther. And Gunther... He's not tactless, but he's not going to brook any of this right. uh, obscenity right. filth right. in his in his shop. He's, he says, "Put the mouse back in the house." Yeah, that was one of my funniest. But <laughs> oh, I'm um, sorry. But he, he's like, "Hey, buddy, this is a family establishment." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Seinfeld, so Monica tries to return the favor, go over to Richards and surprise him. Turns out he's brought his date for the night home. The date is yeah. played by Gina Hecht. Who is, do you remember when George goes to see a therapist, but they don't really get anywhere because they both become obsessed with the stuck zipper on his coat? Mm -hmm. She's the therapist. Okay. Okay. She looked familiar. I couldn't place her. And you don't, like, you barely see her in this shot. Yeah. Um, But I just have a habit of looking at IMDb and seeing if anyone I recognize is is in the cast. Um, But she does have a, like... Uh, a funny voice because you hear her more than you see yes, her and yes. she's like clearly angling to get into the bedroom she yeah. wants to sleep with Richard fucking Burke because yeah. who wouldn't right yeah. um, then we get the uh, the emotional scene of the episode where like Richard sends the therapist George's therapist away and then they have a a, a talk about how like They're they can't they do this yeah. but they also can't be together yeah and so it's an emotional thing. Uh, they essentially, without having really gotten back together, they essentially break up again. Yeah. Uh, but then they have sex anyway. Yeah. They have great <laughs> chemistry, the two of them. Yeah. Um, uh, props to the props department. I think those are real roses. And that had to have been so expensive. Longstem roses are very, very expensive. And they're 
There were hundreds. It's friends, though. At I know, this point, they could, I know, you know, but it was just. I mean, they built that whole video store set that we'll probably never see again. No, I'm talking about like Monica oh, buying. Oh, in the reality. In the of reality the, of. Right, I mean, yeah. Richard Burke is very rich. He's mm-hmm. wealthy. You know, um, he's a wealthy doctor, but she's a waitress. Do you think she, like, took them? Reu- no, reused the same roses oh, from the night she, before yes. at his at her apartment good call because it was just the night before so she probably put them in bags and yeah yeah, did yeah. the same thing uh but there's a running thing with the, like the the thorns they they like jump on the bed but richard's like ow because of yeah. the thorns yeah um and then finally there's a tag at the end where joey is very sad he loves little women mm-hmm. um uh there's a funny part earlier when rachel spoils um uh, little women and then like Ross is trying to like get her to take it back in a way and mm-hmm. he's like just he's asking did you really ruin the only book he's ever loved that doesn't star Jack Nicholson yeah <laughs> which is pretty funny yeah um and so here he's uh finding out that it's true that Beth is Beth is dying yeah and he's very sad and Joe's trying to help her but she just can't do anything <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um but uh uh, Rachel says, do you want to put th- the book in the freezer? Yeah. <laughs> and that's how the episode ends. Yeah. Very, very, cute, very uh, cute, sweet ending. Yeah. Um, anything I missed? I know last week I missed something big. And- I mean, this is not big, but I noticed Chandler got a haircut. <laughs> Did you notice that? Uh, no. His hair was very... Which one? Oh, God. <laughs> um, he had very short hair. It was very shorn okay. in this episode. Um. Should we move on to funniest moments? Uh, yes. I have, uh, I have three. I have a few. Yeah. Um, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with the first one. Um, <laughs> Chandler tells Ross about Robert's balls, and and Ross goes back to see if he can get a look, you know, and he's yeah. like, uh, uh, very awkwardly like bends down and then like starts laughing mid midline like line it's a great it's just yeah david schwimmer kills that it's well, so funny they all and this wasn't a like funniest line but it was like all of them like seeing it for the first time was very very funny because rachel had yeah. a funny like it's yeah. almost like a spit take but it's there's no spitting it was it's like a double take yeah um but i love everyone seeing it for the first time yeah ross's was my favorite though I have to yeah say. ross yeah. is good uh, all right. What's uh, what's your first? Um, moment? When Robert says, "Am I just nuts?" Uh, you took one of mine. Yeah. Is this my fault or am I just nuts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, then my my only other one left then is um, I said this is a great Matt LeBlanc episode, and that I feel like I didn't really hit on the on that part in the in the recap. But when they're spoiling it for each other, and and Rachel says Beth dies. Joey's reaction is so funny. Like yeah. he's he's so upset. So upset. Yeah. It's a it's a very funny moment. Um, when she's talking about little women to him, uh, he says, "These women, how little are they?" Which made me laugh. Um, do you have more? Um, I have, nope. I have a few more. Okay. Um, when Monica said, um, "We're not dating again. We just went out for an innocent burger." Phoebe then says. There's no such thing as an innocent burger, yeah. which I agree with. Um, and then, I mean, Richard is very much like a dad, and his humor is very like dad, yeah, daddy, yeah. Um, when they're um, crushing up like the tomatoes, and he's like grossed out by it, he's like, 
I don't know. He's like squeamish around it. And she's like, well, you work with eyeballs all day. And, and he's like, I spent years learning how not to squish them. <laughs> Which <laughs> is funny. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, I felt like there was something that Chandler said that wasn't funny, but uh, oh, now it's going to bug me that I didn't write it down and, and, I, and I'm not seeing it on the uh, the the quotes here. Uh, so um, let's move on to Friends But Make It Fashion. Yeah. Uh, I have two. The first one is when Rachel comes... I don't know if I love this or hate or, or hate this. When Rachel comes to borrow the ice, she has like a business, like a skirt suit the purple on. purple one? But it has... Buttons? The collar and or, or the lapels yeah. in the bottom of the skirt have like this like patchwork like different yeah, I like different that. fabrics. You liked it? I did. I think I liked it. Yeah. I I liked it in close up. I think when she first walked in, I was like, the fuck is going what on? What's she doing? Yeah. And then I think once we saw it in close up, I was like, okay, I think I get it. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh what do you have? Well that I had that one and then also notable was Phoebe's tie-dye team Lithuania basketball shirt. Yeah, that was cool. When she's like that trying to be a sporto. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. Uh my only little one is in the 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 first scene with uh, Chandler seeing Robert's balls. He's wearing a tie under his his vest is like a sweater vest, yeah. but it has like I don't know what you call that thing where it's like mostly dark but it has bits of white. It's like they're not sparkles. It's like almost like speckled. You know what I'm saying? Mm, okay. I didn't notice that. Uh, and then the tie, you could only see the top of it. It looked like the tie maybe had like a cameo on it. Huh. I definitely didn't notice that. I couldn't stop looking at it. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, any, more, any more for you? Nope. Okay. So let's move on to running jokes. Oh, well, let's. Sorry. Under the umbrella? What's under the umbrella in this episode uh, other than some great physical comedy from especially David Schwimmer and Matt LeBlanc? Uh, we talked about the like Seinfeld parallels, yeah, you know, similarities. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I noticed the uh, uh, like the creepy sibling sexual innuendos, like when um, Ross is like naked friends. Yeah. 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 Gross. And she's like, "Oh, we're just friends, naked friends." Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's all I had then. Oh, okay. Just all right. yeah. Should we take a quick break then? Yep. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Okay, we're back and we're ready to talk about season three, episode 13 of How I Met Your Mother. It's called 10 Sessions. Now they take us away. Okay, this is going to be a disaster because it skipped all around. Um, so let's let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, so they start at the uh, Dr. Tadoff. <laughs> A.K.A. Yeah. Stella's Stella, yeah. um, tattoo removal. But she's not just removing tattoos. She's like a dermatologist, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then we see Brit Brit is the receptionist Brittany, named, yeah. named Abby. And um, let's see. Ted tries to ask uh, Stella out. Mm -hmm. And she agrees to go to the movies, but... Uh, she brings five of her friends. So 
he thinks it's a date. She yeah. doesn't. There's a funny game like of telephone in the movie theater. So he has to buy tickets for her five friends. Yeah. And then there's like a funny game of telephone where he says to the next person, I thought it was a date. I thought it was a date. And then, you know, Stella sends back, I can't break AMA rules yeah. to not date a patient. Yeah. So then Ted endeavors to wait till they're 10 sessions and then ask her out again. What? You seem so satisfied with yourself. No, not satisfied. I'm kicking myself that I just thought of the Chandler line that I liked so much that I forgot to put on my, on okay. my funny phone. Can go, we say? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cause the way that Joey spoils the shining is by saying blank instead of other words, but he like gives away everything but one thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the, and, and, um, uh, Rachel's like, Joe, I can't believe you just did that. And Chandler says, I can't believe she cracked your coat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah All yeah, right. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry for putting the brakes on everything, but it was like uh, bothering that's me. That's okay. I'm going to blame you for ruining this whole Good. Good. I'll, I'll take the blame. Um, okay, okay. So then they're at McLaren's after that failed date attempt. And Barney, of course, has this dumb rule where he's like, of course, she's not going to go out with you after 10 sessions because every woman... Uh, knows whether or not she's going to sleep with a dude in 8.3 seconds. It's made up. It's just... But I also think that, like, I noted how funny it is that Barney seems to be the biggest advocate among the entire group for no meaning no. (laughs) Yes, this will continue to be a problem throughout the whole episode, um, where even though she says no, he's... I mean, Ted is so persistent yeah. and he's trying to woo her with every session. So one, I mean, they are hitting it off cause they speak in French and she's laughing so hard. She falls off the stool. Yeah. Um, she keeps saying still no. Um, he's convinced that he can turn a no into a yes, which is that's you're a red, rapist. Red, red flag. Red flag. <laughs> um, and he actually says no is the most demoralizing word, which is you're a rapist. If you know, uh-huh. like, <laughs> well, she's not saying no to sex with him, but she's saying no. And like the fact that he's saying no is the worst word in the English language. It's a bad attitude to have. It's a bad attitude. To have. I, do, I don't think that I, I don't think that asking a woman on a date when she's already said no rises to the level of rape. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll accept that it's a slippery slope. Um, so all this is happening and we see the poor receptionist, Abby. She's crying because she keeps getting rude calls yeah so then ted thinks that he's gonna get to stella by uh like sweet talking abby like to get abby on his side so he brings her coffee and he makes a big show about bringing her coffee yeah she's abby's delighted and like slowly becomes enamored with ted well Um, uh you said he brings her coffee really in true tv mode he brings her in an obviously empty, empty coffee empty, cup. Yes. <laughs> like when she picks it up off the counter, it's yeah. like practically sideways. Yeah. Come on, Brittany. <laughs> you could do better than that. Um, so, oh, and Abby has some really, well, we'll say that for later. Oh, okay. Um, everyone at McLaren's like, well, you should nail the receptionist. Um, I think everyone says that. Like, why I think Robin's just, the first one to say yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Robin's the first one to say it. Um, and then... Barney says that he did a little recon and he has a big secret. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the big secret is she has follicular fascia. 
Philia. Philia, obviously, Philia, um, which she's only attracted to men with mustaches. Yeah. Um, so. And Robin says she has a little bit of that, which is funny. Has, yeah. Um, and so he grows, Ted grows a sad little mustache. <laughs> it's weirdly like, I shouldn't say that because it's a different color than his hair. It's lighter. Did you notice that? Is, does that is that what happens when it's like just growing in? That's what I assumed. No, I mean I like. I mean, you're looking at me right now. My beard is like half gray. Yeah. So maybe he's like graying in his beard first. But mm-hmm. even before my beard was gray, um, my beard had a lot of red in it. Even though my yeah, my head of hair doesn't have any yeah. any red, but yeah. I used to have a lot of red. That's true. In my beard, so I guess that can happen, and it's a different it's shade. It's like the pieces that were red are now gray. Uh, they were the first to go gray. Now I think the gray has spread beyond what was originally red. But yeah, all the stuff that was red was the first part of my beard to go gray. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I got a lot of Irish in my family. Yeah. You've met my cousin. I have multiple redhead cousins. Yeah. And aunts and uncles. Yeah. Um, so they actually all went in to spy on Stella. Well, Marshall does. And then yeah. he actually has like a mole that is concerning. It's a regular Irregular around the margins is uh, the name of a Sopranos episode. Right, that's right. About a mole. Um, So he has an irregular mole. And then we learn that Abby has like a major crush on him. And um, she wants to. On Ted. She wants Ted to go with her to her like church bowling league. Yeah. So she's just like played as just so like dorky and. Yeah. and it's like she's still she's very much Britney Spears yeah. like at this point in time. So this must have been. I mean, especially this. This is 2007. So later this year would be when she had her like sort of mental yeah. breakdown that led to her conservancy. So it's yep. kind of it is it's very sad. Yeah, it is very sad. Um, but this is this is just previous to that. Yeah. Um, so they finally get to the 10th session um, where. OK, so. Marshall during the reconnaissance mission, he over here or he while he's getting his like mole looked at or whatever, the doctor Stella, the doctor says like, oh, she has a crush on a patient, which uh, that's not very professional. Stella, um, who we said last week is played by Sarah Chalk. Did you say it? Sarah Chalk. You did, yeah. But I can't remember if we said it this week or not. Um, No. But yeah, it's played by Sarah Chalk. She, in many ways, she's very unprofessional with all of her patients. Yeah. But in a way that I find, like, consistent and charming. Yeah. And I believe the character. I also believe that she's a good doctor. Yeah. um, And a responsible person. Because she says, like, I have a daughter uh, her name is Lucy. She's like my whole life and eight all, years old, yeah. eight years old. All I have time for, um, I just can't go on a date with you. Oh, I forgot this whole part of the book too, that is planted by Barney. Cause Barney also goes into the office. He's the one who makes Abby cry. No, yeah. But Barney had the one who left the book. Marshall leaves the book. Marshall le- leaves the book. Because Marshall is when when they bring up this fake like self help book. Yeah. Marshall's in there. Everyone's making me. fun of it. Yeah. Marshall's in the one at the table who's like, it's actually pretty good. And yeah. then we realize in flashback that he was the one who was reading it and left who it at the left office. The book. Yeah. And made Ted think that Stella was reading it and Ted got it. Yeah. Anyway. And he has to backpedal and say like, oh yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's we'll, a lame. We'll get to some of that during the funniest moments. It's a lame book. <laughs> um. So I guess. They're at McLaren's, and <laughs> they're having this feast, like, shrimp cocktail. 
Well, because he because this is Marshall, a payoff. yeah, because uh, what are you going to eat? Yeah, T- Ted says, "How do I know?" Like she'll say no ten weeks from now. Do you know what you're going to want after lunch ten weeks from now? And Marshall says, "Sloppy Joe's from co- from cocktail milkshake." Yeah, and then so ten weeks later, that's what he yeah. eats. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine that McLaren's has this on their menu. A shrimp cocktail? Yeah, I doubt that. We've the- talked about the menu there before because we they've had like wild feasts that didn't seem like regular pub food. Yeah, I'll bet. I feel like McLaren's is kind of like. Um, the, I, I've, I've compared it to bars that you and I have gone to before. It's kind of like a Pineapple Hill, maybe Ireland Thirty Two, Ireland's Thirty Two. Like I think they have they have burgers, they have burgers. And they fries. might even have a steak, like a cheap steak. Yeah. Um, but it's like I, a tavern, tavern style. Food. Yeah, I doubt they have a shrimp cocktail. Yeah. Maybe they have a sloppy Joe or or some kind of. Uh, maybe that's the special. I could see like sloppy Joe being yeah. special. Yeah. Um. So then Ted is emboldened to uh, not take no for an answer again Yeah, <laughs> and um, harass her outside of her place of business with his persistence. Okay. And, and he says, um, and it is kind of sweet, like he's created this whole... Okay. Y- what? You're saying it's kind of sweet. To me, this is one of the iconic rom-com moments of the entire series the two minute date. the two minute date is one of my single favorite things that how i met your mother ever did i love okay. it so much well, if you had looked over me when we were watching it you would have seen me welling, welling up because it's i i love it so much well the fact that i think that ted's being kind of sweet even though saying repeatedly i won't take no for an answer <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna turn a no into a yes so the yeah. fact that it's kind of sweet like says a lot yeah that i'm endeared by this um and I don't know how he pulls this off, but it's Well, perfect. he got his friends, because yeah. first you've got Ranjit yep. shows up again. Ranjit shows up. Also, Wendy, the waitress from McLaren's, is b- bringing the food at their little, like, fake outdoor restaurant. Yeah. And then they watch a movie. So everything the, oh, is... yeah. We didn't talk about the, the whole thing, the, how they originally met, was yeah. arguing over whether Plan 9 or Manos, The Hands of Fate, yeah. um, is is a, a, a worse movie. I've never seen Manos, The Hands of Fate. But that's what they're watching at the at the theater. That's, I. No, I think when they go to the theater, it's Plan Nine, at the beginning, Plan Nine from Outer Space. At the did end, did you see the, the banner on the sign? What did the it theater? say? No, we'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. Um, so did it say Manos: The Hands of Fate? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Manos. Oh, I thought they saw. Okay, I thought they, they saw, saw Plan, Plan Nine, Nine in the theater. Out, okay, and then. Then the little his, fake date yes, you're right, is you're Manos. Right, you're right. But I want a little tidbit about Manos. Um, that was a movie that is now considered one of the worst movies of all time that was completely forgotten until Mystery Science, Mystery Science 3000, Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, made fun of it. So, like, um, we have MST3K to thank right. for people even knowing what Manos the Hands of Fate is. Right. Manos means hands, by the way, obviously. You know that. So it's funny that the movie is called Hands, The Hands of Fate. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Sorry I interrupted for that little tidbit. Um, So, yeah, this date is sweet as can be. We love it. Um, We love love Ted. He goes down the sidewalk. He's got set up a little... um, They have a meal. They have a movie. They have dessert. Yeah. And then Uh, he takes her back. He get, she tries to give her flowers, and she's allergic to them. Yeah. They have a kiss, a very sweet kiss. Yeah. Um, and then she leaves, and he says, I hope that you'll 
contact me. I want to see you again. Yeah. You think she will? There was like a little, I thought it was like maybe a little Easter egg, but she says the last time I went out was on St. Patrick's Day. And I left early. Yeah. And I left early. That's, I had that in my, under the umbrella. I think people were probably like, this is the mother, you know? Yeah. Which I know she's not. Maybe if the show had not lasted for six more years, yeah, maybe, maybe she would have been. Didn't. Maybe she would have been. <laughs> yeah, but I did catch that. Um, yeah. Um, and then we get Abby, um, oh, like, right. seeing Ted on the street and him running away. Yeah. Um, and then we get the final tag at the end where Barney um, goes to try to, like, hit on Abby and says, like, oh, I need to, like, check on my like hotel bed it's broken we have to fix it and then maybe we can go on a date after that and Abby's just like why don't we have sex first and then go to dinner is it funny that Abby the character of Abby has the same arc as the character that Alison Hannigan played in American Pie (laughs) right yeah (laughs) like you think she's like the sweet awkward girl and it turns out she's the like sexually aggressive one yeah um Last thing I want to say, though, um, and uh, probably admittedly a big part of why I think the two-minute date is one of the greatest things this show ever did, uh, is the use of the famous Big Star song. Yes, yes. Um, which is a great song, but I, ha- I feel two ways about it. I love the song, but also sometimes I feel like when a show uses a song iconically, it should be off limits to other shows for a while, and I feel like mm. Gilmore Girls used... Um, Big Star, What is yeah. the name of that song? 13? Uh, yeah, probably. I can't remember what the name of the song is. But do you remember Gilmore Girls that went in, in, in season one when, when Rory goes out to a dance or a prom or something with Dean? They walk home, they go to the barn, they end up falling asleep in the barn, and she ends up being out all night, and yes. Lorelai's like furious with her. Yes. When they're walking to the barn, that's the song that's playing. And I feel yes. like, I feel as much as I love How I Met Your Mother using it, I feel like less than a decade removed from that amazing Gilmore Girls use I don't know okay I don't know maybe but anyway yeah you're right still a still a great scene I love the two minute date um anything else uh, or funniest moments funniest moments what do you got um I don't remember how this came up but um when Lily's like yeah maybe I'll um what did she say I'm going to make a decision to stop biting my nails. And then Marshall says, baby, you love biting your nails. <laughs> Literally my first one. <laughs> so since you, Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, since that's my, you, you took my first one, I'll say in the montage of like Ted getting into uh, Stella's good graces, <laughs> I love just the cut to him juggling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's impressing her. With uh, which leads to another one of my famous uh, or funniest moments. Wait, can I go? Uh, can we go back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, te- I was teasing. Oh, okay. Um, so... When Ted shows up with his awful mustache um, or the makings of a mustache, um, Abby loves it. And she's like, wow, you look like Tom Selleck. Yeah. And then she says over the phone to call Stella, Magnum's here to see you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, so uh, picking up where I left off, the juggling thing leads to back at McLaren's Marshall or Barney talking shit about juggling. Ted saying, but you do magic. How is that any, any less lame? And then Barney like does like a flashbang at the table. And there's like, I love the entire episode gets put on pause for everyone to just chastise Barney for yeah. the thing. Wendy comes over. Yeah. They go make him sit at the booth for a while. Yeah. Like Barney getting in trouble for doing magic at the table is one of the funniest moments of the, of the episode. Yeah. Um, 
Sorry. Uh, you got any more? I had just the um, idea that uh, Ted puts um, library stickers in his books, Personal Library of Ted Mosby. And again, you and I, there's a reason you and I are married to each other. We yeah. still find the same stuff funny. Yeah. That's also. So then my last one is when. Stella says that Abby wants him to go to the bowling thing or whatever, and he says, who's Abby? And she's like, my receptionist. He's like, oh, I thought you said Alan. And she said, but you said, who's Abby? And then he goes, I thought I said Alan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we go to Under the Umbrella? No, we should we have to still to make it fashion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. So Lily had my least favorite and my least oh, okay. favorite. Um, the least favorite was like a turquoise, blousey, okay, too much fabric. I could picture it, but shiny there's, shirt. I think Robin has something worse, but we'll, With the bows? we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, those bows. That is the my worst. <laughs> thing. They were outrageous. Yeah, but Lily also has like a striped seventies blouse, red and white horizontal stripes. Is that? You're talking about? No, that was a cardigan. Oh, okay. There was like a blouse with like kind of big sleeves. Oh, vertical stripes. Vertical stripes. Many different colors. Yes. 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 Okay. I thought that was okay. I like that. Um, I'll say I'm still, I, I, I can't, if it's going to stay, I can't uh, mention it every time, but I'm still digging um, Marshall's longer hair. I think it, look, it looks cool on him. Mm, you don't like it? Not at, no. No. I like his long hair. Yeah. Um, I mean, he looks good no matter what. Let's be real. Um, do I have do you have any more nope okay so uh, Robin has a vest with like it's a black vest with like gold like crisscrossing like band like bands of gold that I kind of thought was cool no no No. alright I kind of liked it Um, you're wrong yeah I mentioned Lily's red and white striped uh, sweater Uh, yeah Robin's (laughs) top with the neckline made of bows was it was brown horrible like satin like dark, uh, like chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The neckline was made of varying sizes of bows. Yeah, it was all. It was. It was, it was a crime. God awful. Yeah. Um, what did you think of uh, when we see Abby on the street, the yellow dress? I liked it. Yeah, me too. I, 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 but you know that I'm a sucker for the color. You color yellow. Yeah, so, it's your uh, fave. Yeah, I do love yellow. So um, let's move on to under the umbrella. Okay. Um, I just have one, and it's Barney pining for Robin. Yeah, that's right. Because she says, she says, well, persistence works. I said no. Uh, you know, I eventually said yes or whatever. And, and Barney's like, no, you didn't. You said it was all. And she was like, I'm talking about Ted. I'm talking about Ted, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you already mentioned the sort of uh, mother hinting of like, I went in one party in the last year, St. Patty's Day. It was mm-hmm. awful. I left early. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's just a big like running thing is just like Ted being... A romantic. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, which I guess is true of every episode, but I feel like this season, the first half of the season has been so much about Ted, like, not trying to be in a relationship. Like, right. And I, and I, and I think uh, No Tomorrow and and the uh, Marshall playing him the voicemails and him realizing what a douchebag he was on St. Patrick's Day, you know, I think yeah. um, actually had an effect. You yeah. know, and I think that's maybe pi- part of why Ted is in this mindset of like being back to Ted, the the, the romantic, the, the, romantic, the long term relationship right. seeking guy. Also, people calling him out on his bullshit, like the that guy in the movie theater. I don't know what he s- screams at him, but like yeah. when it's apparent that he's not on a date, he screams something at him, like loser or something. Chump, I think he calls Chump. him. Okay, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, because he's uh, they're playing the telephone, you know, of like can't can't date a patient. It's an AMA room, and like it starts to get to Ted, and he's like, "I heard," and the guy in the back is like, "Yeah, we all heard." Ted's a chump. Yeah, or something like yeah. that. Um, so let's move on to similarities. Similarities and differences. Because I I came up with a few. Yeah, oh, me me too. Okay. Um, go go ahead. first. No, you go first. Oh, okay. Um, well, books. The Power of Me and How I Met Your Mother and Oh yeah, Little Women and The Shining. Yeah. And Race uh, or whatever, Race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if we're talking about things that happen in the same episode, because I also have things that happen in one episode that happen in other episodes of the other show, but in the same episode, mustaches either yeah. appearing or disappearing. That's what I said. Like, I said men with and without mustaches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tom, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck is another similarity because oh, yeah, yeah. bring up Tom Selleck. Tom That's Selleck true. Yeah, um, Richard Tom Selleck. Burke. Uh, yeah, but there's a Richard has shaved his mustache and and what does Monica say? Like your upper lip went bald or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. And then of course Ted grows a mustache. Um, I think um, it's very surprising to me that of all of the men on both shows we've seen grow mustaches. Yeah. Um, uh, Matthew Perry had the best mustache. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at his face and think that's a mustache guy. But when he grew a mustache, when he and Joey had like little crushes on Richard in yeah. season two or whatever, yeah, uh, good mustache. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also I have a few more. Do you have more? Um, I have similarities. Things that happened on these episodes that had happened in other episodes of the other show. So I think I'll save those for last if okay. you have other ones for these. So I have other for this specific one. So okay. men not listening when women say no. <laughs> So when Richard fucking Burke shows up, yeah. even though she says no, yeah. um, and then obviously Ted. And then finally, which I think is the funniest one that I just now realized, is um, people being um, uh, being admonished in establishments, <laughs> kicked out of establishments. So Robert for hanging brain yeah. and Barney for um, <laughs> causing a, a fire hazard. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I was okay, this is a Mitch Hedberg joke and I'm gonna say that right up front. When I was at I was at Comic Con last weekend, we were we were in San Diego, I was at the convention. And I was yes. walking the floor and there were people like sitting down in a certain area and people and I saw the security guards come and say, You can't sit here, it's a fire hazard. And it reminded me of Mitch Hedberg's joke of being told that he couldn't stand near in front of a certain door because it was a fire hazard. And Mitch Hedberg is like do you think if there's a fire, I'm not going to leave? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Uh, all right. So in this episode of Friends, Robert's balls keep coming out of his shorts. Earlier this season on How I Met Your Mother, when Barney and Marshall were playing Wii and Marshall stripped down to his boxers, his balls kept coming out of his shorts. And I think Barney okay. even uses the phrase hanging brain. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, also something that happened in... Uh, this season of both shows, um, exes baking together and it getting awkward. Oh, remember the Thanksgiving episode or yeah. pre-Thanksgiving episode of How I Met Your Mother? Ted was supposed to go to like a pie-making party at Robin's, and he ended up being the only one that showed up, and it was like awkward that they're like making food together. I will say that Richard and Monica are not baking; they're cooking lasagna. Isn't there a part of lasagna where you put it in an oven? I mean, yes, you put it in the oven, yeah, but so they're that, not... Yeah, so then you bake it. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay, call to action. 
Is baking involved in making lasagna? When someone says baking, you're talking about... Pastries. Pastries or breads. Okay. So, yeah, call to action. You don't... I mean, yes, lasagna is a dish that you bake, but they're more like prepping and cooking a meal as opposed to baking. Call to action. Do you bake... When you make a lasagna. You do. Yes, I'm admitting that it's a <laughs> I baked... Don't want to, I know what you think. It's a baked pasta dish. <laughs> I know what you think. I want to know what the listeners think. Do you say, I'm cooking lasagna tonight, or I'm baking lasagna tonight? I think you would say, I'm making lasagna. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Like, um, like you don't say you're eating soup or drinking soup. You say you're having soup, right? I say I'm drinking soup. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you've got your little can of well, yes... <laughs> Listeners, have you ever tried Campbell's Well Yes brand of soups? Because it's my favorite thing. That title is so funny. And it was always on the shelves in Superstore. Yeah. You and I would like, Superstore is a funny enough show on its own, but right. occasionally it would just be like Jonah and Sandra st- standing there and we'd just be start laughing because it's a shelf of Well, well Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and I thought of another similarity that's so obvious, but it's Please, yeah. laughing at dates people's dates okay right yeah it's kind of like happens in every yeah episode um what were we just talking about um, okay yeah calls to, we, we still have to find a place to do calls to action or, or not to do but to listener feedback into you know you know what i'm saying because okay, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to it later we'll recap the call to action and the listener feedback maybe after we play favorites we still need to. Okay. So we, we still need to come up. Okay, let's play favorites right now. Okay, three, two, one. How friends. I Met Your Mother. Yeah. This is one of my favorite How I, I Met Your Mother episodes. I did like this episode of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 very funny. And obviously, yes, I believe that no means no, and I do, I do think that uh, Ted's persistence is problematic here. But I also think the episode's very funny, and I think the two-minute date itself is I very like that, yeah. sweet. And also, I like Sarah Chalk, yeah. and I like Josh Redner and Sarah Chalk together. There's obvious chemistry there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm glad to see that it, um, in on a rewatch, that it stayed, that I, that I still felt that way. Yeah. Because if you remember... Going back to season one, and I've already forgotten her name somehow. The the cupcake uh, oh, woman, Victoria. Victoria. Yes. yes, I was like Vanessa. No, yeah, Victoria. I remembered thinking they had great chemistry when I watched it the first time, and I watched it this time. I was like, oh, get Victoria out of here. She's not. This is not right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so I'm glad to see on on rewatch that I still am into Ted and Stella's chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's. We still have to find a name for this segment, but the, let's let's do some listener feedback. Okay. Um, we only have one. The only like real feedback we got this week was about last week's listener feedback. So Yuhani, who wrote us about his shameful band being Burzum, commented on the post at BattleshipRetention.com. Uh, almost laughing, like okay, maybe not up top, <laughs> because he said the the uh, uh, he said maybe not up top for the calls to action, but your realization of did we just start our podcast about beloved sitcoms with extended Burzum talk was worth it for this once. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's our our, our main feedback uh, that we got this this week. We got um, 
one tweet, uh, which I had up. See, I intentionally, I did the research because I didn't want to be like looking yeah. for tweets. I did it and then I lost it. Um, I so yeah, uh, Jackson suggested a feedback title that I think doesn't quite fit and also is something on high minimum that we haven't gotten to yet. So um, I think we'll just. I just wanted to acknowledge. Thank you, Jackson, but I don't think we're going to go with that. Um, we need to. We uh, that, although even though we do have a segment called "How Were We Doing," and we still have not heard Joey say "How are you doing?" Yeah. What about no friends with benefits is not fun. Yeah, because it's it has to link both of the shows together. Yeah, but I, I but I think you're onto something with the idea. I don't think it necessarily has. It could be from one show or the other. But I think the idea of the listeners being our friends. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it could be something about like, I don't know, about hanging out with your friends. I don't know. But you do the like tell your friends, tell your mother's thing at the end. So I don't want to like borrow from that. But yeah, li- listeners, let us know what the listener feedback section should be called. I think, you're, I think Natalie, you're on to something with it being friends about friends. Just the word friends. It doesn't have to necessarily be with benefits. Yeah. But. Um, Pen pals? <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with it. Well, because they're writing to us. They are, yeah. Pen friends? Pen friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as. Okay, um, I realized I forgot a major. Um, part of this episode was the uh, Ted getting a mustache was a long con because a year ago Barney says Barney bets him $10 that he can get Ted to grow a mustache yeah and this is how he did it yeah I love that Barney bets (laughs) uh, Marshall and Robin I think I'll bet you I can get Ted to grow a mustache in the next year. Yeah. And yeah, Ted yeah. overhears it yes. and it's like, uh, I'll yes. take that bet. And then yes. still, he get, he got played. Yeah, he did. Fully got played. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're, <laughs> I, I'm penciling in pen friends. <laughs> that's not what the segment's going to be called, but that's right that's now what I'm putting down for, uh, for, for the listener feedback. Let's move on to my favorite segment to introduce. It's called, how were we doing? This is where we look at what was going on in the world in the days these episodes aired. So season three, episode 13 of Friends, the one where the one where Richard and Monica are just friends, or is the one where Monica and Richard are just friends? I can't remember. Uh, aired on Thursday, January 30th, 1997. Um, th- this, this website has one event listed, which doesn't even make sense to me. It says Minuteman 3 launches. So... Minuteman 3 is an ICBM, like nuclear intercontinental ballistic missile. It's a like land-based nuclear missile f- nuclear missile firing system. But it's been Minuteman 3 since like the 60s or 70s. So I'm guessing maybe there was some sort of test launch on this day. Okay. Anyway, that's all I have for yeah. events. Okay. But this segment has really become about just the music. The music. Yeah. yeah. So let's see what the what was on the charts. Um, I'm, this might be literally no change from last week, unfortunately. Uh, at number five, Keith Sweat's Nobody. At number four, Whitney Houston's I Believe in You and Me. At number three, R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. At number two, En Vogue's Don't Let Go Love. And at number one, Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. We sing the songs we like. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's the rule around here. Uh, season 3, episode 13 of How I Met Your Mother, 10 Sessions, aired on Monday, March 24th, 2008. Um, and uh, I had some stuff up. Uh, a lot of bad... I don't like to get too much into, like, a, a bad news. The United States Department of Justice approves the merger of Sirius Satellite Radio and XM Satellite Radio. So that's okay. something that happened. Okay. Um, but uh, I said I don't like to say uh, to mention sad stuff, but we always do if someone dies on this day. Um, a name that you and I know for very different reasons has come up before. Uh, Richard Widmark uh, died on March 24th, 2008. You've said that your main association with Richard Wood- Woodmark is that I love Lucy. Yes. <laughs> like Lucy. They break into on the Richard show. Woodmark's house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Richard Woodmark because I'm a fan of old movies yeah. and I like to see him in old old movies. Um, I think um, uh, Night in the City is a, a, a great one. There's a movie called Roadhouse, not the 80s Roadhouse, a movie right. from the 40s uh, called Roadhouse with Richard, Richard Woodmark. There's uh, The Bedford Incident, it's a great, great dad movie. Okay. Um, uh, Richard Woodmark. I could go on. I, I love Richard, Richard Woodmark, uh, one of my favorite actors. And he died on this day at the age of 90-something. Oh, um, 93. Yeah, good for him. So, uh, top five songs in the U.S. on this day. Rihanna's uh, Don't Stop the Music. Right? Is that mm-hmm. How does that go? Is that Please Don't Stop, stop the, the music. music? Okay, yeah. Uh, and number four, Sarah Breas. I'm not going to write you a love song. Yeah. Which I didn't know until you played it. I forgot I knew yeah. until you played it last week. Number three, Flo Rida's Low. Number two, Chris Brown's With You. And at number one, Usher's Love in This Club. Okay. Love in this club. Not loving this club. Love in this club. Yeah. Love <laughs> in this club. Uh, but isn't there, there's that, like, Toby Keith song, I Love This Bar, right? Right. Yeah. Um... Not a Toby Keith guy, personally. No. Uh, let's move on to our final segment, which is called Challenge Accepted. This is where we try to predict what's going to happen next week on the, these shows uh, based only on the title. For, but first, let's look at how we did last week. Uh, I think you did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. You, I said I was off. I said Monica and Ross... Head back home to the fancy ass suburbs, suburbs where they were born with silver spoons in their mouths for a soiree at the Gellers, and they run into Richard. That didn't happen. No, I think I was just kind of trying to will Elliot Gould into uh, yeah <laughs> an episode. Yeah, um, you said Tony, Tony, I got Sopranos on the mind. You said Ted's going to go on an actual, honest to God, no fool and date with Doctor Tadoff. Obviously, that worked. Yeah, and that means we are currently tied. <gasps> All right. At five wins apiece this season. All right. I wonder if that'll hold to the end of the season. Um, maybe there'll be some ups and downs. Who knows? Let's look at what's going to happen next week. Now, will you vamp for us? Truffle aioli. Seasoning in a pickle. Wajio salsa. Strawberry basil vinaigrette. Simpler times lager. <laughs> Ube mochi pancake mix. Okay. Truffle barbecue sauce. Here we go. Hickama oh, wraps. The, the, the one with Phoebe's ex-partner. The one with Phoebe's ex-partner. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially in the 90s and 2000s, 
partner was like euphemism for same sex mm-hmm. uh, uh, significant other. Mm-hmm. And I think we still use it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But like, there's that. Remember in like American Beauty, there was the like, Scott Bakula and what's his name were like, "This is my partner," and and then Chris Cooper's like, "Oh, so what business are you guys in?" He's like, yeah. "No, this is my partner." Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, are we going to find out that Phoebe had a relationship with a woman at some point? And you better start locking that in. If this is your guess. <laughs> okay. You're asking me. Okay. Um, Phoebe uh, once had a fling with another lady I can't think of like a funny way to say it Uh, um, and now that old flame has sparked back up again okay okay all right season three Episode 13 of How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Sorry, episode 14. We did oh. 13 today. Okay. Episode 14 of How I Met Your Mother is called The Bracket. Okay. <clears throat> Keep in mind this episode aired in March of 2008. Okay. So I know enough about sports that uh-huh. March is March Madness for the game of basketball. College basketball, specifically. College, College bas- basketball. College basketball. Men's and women's. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think there's going to be a, a basketball bracket, but they'll find a way to make it also about dates. Okay, okay. So dates will be compared to... So the gang create... A bracket, an NCAA style bracket, but get this instead of b-ball teams. They're pitting, pitting romantic and sexual endeavors sexual i'm gonna say partners and endeavors against one another okay 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 well i think we did it okay we talked about season three episode 13 of both shows uh we're done you can find us at battleship pretension sorry you can find uh, you, can, yeah. you, you can find this podcast wherever you found it, but you can also find posts for every episode of BattleshipPretension.com. You can leave comments there. You can uh, uh, tweet me at Davy Pretension, and um, you can also uh, email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. Um, Battleship Pretension, by the way, is where I uh, do my uh, my other podcast. Uh, we have a Patreon and everything. Check that out. So. Um, that's where you can find me. Um, Natalie, where can people find you on the internet? Where do you want them to? I don't. However, uh, if you like this episode, you should like and subscribe. Go ahead and smash that like button. <laughs> uh, tell your friends. Tell your mothers. 
Um, honestly, the more people, all, every time you open the app, you can give us f- five stars, right? Oh, is that true? Yeah. I didn't know you could do it every time. No, you can. You can do it every time, and it helps people find us. So help us help you by keeping this podcast going. Help us keep you entertained. Yeah. Do us the favor of doing you the favor of getting to listen to us. Exactly. Okay, I think that's good. Until next time, see you in room 217. <laughs> <laughs>